0: Jesus Christ according to Luke. When the time for the purification according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord A light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God, And to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: May God use and overrule my words. May God's word only be spoken and God's word only be heard. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Morning. Greetings from Camp McDowell. I'm so glad to be here with you today and thank you for having me. I went to seminary at the School of Theology at Sewanee, the University of the South. Yes, that's a mouthful to say. Seminary lasts for three years, in case you didn't know that. And while I was there, quite a few of the professors went on sabbatical. I'm still holding out on hope that it was not because of me. So when your professors go on sabbatical, other professors have to fill in, and class must go on, and on, and on, and on. My class was fortunate enough to be taught by the dean of the School of Theology for two of our classes. The right reverend J. Neal Alexander taught us pastoral theology too, and liturgics. One day in Pastoral Theology II, he told us about an experience he had with a professor when he himself had first begun to teach in seminary. He told us every morning before classes would start, all the students and professors would gather in the chapel for morning prayer. This one professor in particular, an older gentleman, every morning before morning prayer would get to the chapel and he would pause outside just for a few minutes. He would lean on his walking stick and just look up in search of the skies. Naturally, a little curious, Bishop Alexander would kind of walk behind him as he entered the chapel. He'd pass behind the old professor, kind of looking up himself and try and figure out just what in the world he was looking at up there. Finally, one day he got up the nerve to ask him what he was doing. The old professor did not break his gaze. He he stared up at the heavens as he said, as followers of Jesus, if we do not spend some time, some portion of our day watching expectantly for Jesus to return, what do we really believe in anyways? That's one of those moments that my professor told me that he had bitten off a little more than he could chew. But what a wonderful idea, watching expectantly. That idea may be a bit antiquated for some of you and maybe not. Maybe you believe Jesus will come descending down on a cloud with angels and cherubs and rays of light and music. And maybe you think it will happen in some other way. And maybe you think that some combination of both will happen we are, after all, people of both and. This idea of the return of the Lord, the King of glory, our salvation, these are all understandings of God's return to God's people. We learn from Exodus that in the wilderness, God would dwell in the midst of the 12 tribes in Israel in the tabernacle made of goatskins. This dwelling would go on to become the temple once the Israelites settled in Jerusalem. And this tabernacle, later to become the temple, was the place where God's glory dwelt. Now somewhere along the way, the prophets tell us that God's glory, the indwelling of God, left the temple. Our prophet friends also began to tell us about God's return, the Lord's return. From the prophet Ezekiel, to our reading today from the Italian prophet Malachi. It'll hit the rest of you on the way home. From the prophet Ezekiel to our reading today from Malachi. There we go. There is a theme of God's glory being absent and its hopeful expectant return to the temple. Ezekiel 10 is all about God's glory leaving Jerusalem with cherubs and fire and chariots. Many of the prophets refer to either some sort of departure of God or some sort of return. The reading from Malachi today says, Thus the Lord, see, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple." the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Well, in today's gospel reading, the Lord has returned. Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple for his presentation, two young parents just doing what they know to be right according to the instruction from the God of their people. And as they deliver their firstborn according to this instruction of their faith, we meet Simeon. Simeon, the seer, who sums up all prophets with his words, which we call the Nunc Dimittis, or the Song of Simeon, a Cam McDowell favorite. The Lord has returned to the temple. The old man was promised that he would not leave this world until his eyes had seen the Savior. Years of waiting, anticipating, and watching expectantly, have finally come to this moment. The word of the people of God was fulfilled on that day, the day of Jesus' presentation. You never quite know what you present will do. Joseph and Mary knew who their son was. They had been told by people and angels way ahead of time that he was special, the son of God but I imagine they were often still surprised along the way with the things that Jesus would say and do. And the way that Jesus' ministry worked was to show us that, sure, God is present in the places we go, but God also goes along with us wherever we are, both and. What do you think about this idea of the continuation of the presentation even today? It is fascinating when you take a minute to think of the ways Christ has been presented to you and the ways you have been Christ to other people, especially in the ways that you do not recognize or maybe don't even get to see. A few years ago, I was flattered and humbled by a Facebook message from one of my campers from when I was a summer camp counselor at Camp McDowell. He wrote me and asked how I was and how everything was going, and I thought it was a little odd to be contacted, basically out of nowhere, but was happy to chat with this person for a little bit. And then he wrote, I just wanna thank you for something you did at camp one time all those years ago. We were playing frisbee up the field, and I had kind of gotten into it with one of the counselors on the other team. We eventually went to catch the same frisbee at the same time and he just flat out tackled me. As I was laying on the ground, I remember you coming over and telling him that that was wrong and that we were not going to play like that and that he and I needed to work it out right there. That meant the world to me that you stood up for me. My very first initial reaction was, are you sure that was me? but I thanked him for sharing the memory and that it meant a lot to me that he remembered me in that way. That story always makes me think of being Christ in the world, even when you do not know it. Presenting Christ to others and also having Christ presented to you, both and. We are the temples of God, little moving, working, playing, singing, crying, laughing temples of God. Christ is presented to us all the time, and we present Christ to all those other temples out there every day, both and. Choose to see those times. We we wait expectantly for them like Simeon. God is present in the everyday interactions that we have with the grumpy cashiers and in the joy of hide and go seek with a child, in someone's loss of a loved one and in sharing a meal, both and. Like that old seminary professor, looking and waiting expectantly is not a one-way street. We go forth into our crazy, amazing world. We are both waiting expectantly for Christ to present, to be present to us, and for the ways that we may present Christ to others. Amen.